Rising Star right here on the Chop Sports Podcast Network. Listen, you're not going to believe this. Stop me if you've heard this before. The Dallas Cowboys won a football game on Sunday. That would mean five in a row. The Dallas Cowboys are five and one. They're flying high right now. Look, the NFC East is also trending in the wrong direction as far as teams that are not named the Dallas Cowboys. The Philadelphia Eagles are struggling. The New York Giants are abysmal. The Washington football team are just disrespecting legends. (laughs) Like, this is just, it's a great time to be a Dallas Cowboys fan in the NFC East. The grand scheme of things in the NFC, there's a lot of good, good teams out there, man. There's a lot of good teams out there, and you have to start, you know, starting to zero in on some of these teams that, you know, we'll be with you at the end. Uh, we're talking about the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. We're talking about the Green Bay Packers. We're talking about the Los Angeles Rams. Those three teams right there immediately scare me as being good teams. We can't forget the Arizona Cardinals. It's hard to put them in the conversation, even at 6-0, and because you're just like, well, what, what else do they have? You know what I mean? Well, what else do these guys consist of? Uh, but the Cardinals are just as good. So right there, there's your upper enchilot. Uh, enchilot? Enchilot? Your upper class of the NFC right now. So right now it's the Cardinals and the Rams in the NFC West. The Packers are doing their thing in the North. And, of course, the South is taken over by Tampa Bay, and that probably won't be close either. Um, But the Dallas Cowboys are are, are looking okay. And and it's hard to not get too, too excited right now. Five wins is five wins. Uh, This reminds me, and it is very similar, if not identical, to 2016. Dak Prescott and Ezekiel Elliott's uh, rookie year. Um, in which they lost the first game to the Giants, because we all remember, if you're Cowboys fans, you remember Terrence Williams not being able to get out of bounds and we couldn't kick a field goal, blah, blah, blah. The rest is history. We lose, and I'm pretty sure we rolled off 11 in a row after that. Um, Different teams, you know what I mean? Like, obviously, Dak and Zeke were rookies. Uh, Now we're here in their fifth year, and it's just, well, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21. Sixth year. So, like, it's hard to... I always look at the numbers. I'm just like, that's not right. Um, But yeah, so the Dak and Zeke are are, are playing as good as expected from from my, you know, vantage point, at least. I knew Ezekiel Elliott was going to come in with a chip on his shoulder and play good football throughout the course of the year. So far, he is. And, you know, it just so happens that they have a complimentary back in Tony Pollard that's making Zeke even better because now you don't have to necessarily get the ball 25 to 30 times you can split that off a little bit, not split 50-50, but at least give Zeke the the blows that he needs um, in order to succeed and keep going in the high have you know having uh, a high motor. Um, so the offense is clicking. Obviously, they're coming off a cardiac type football game. Okay, I don't remember the last time. Well, that's not true. Every game I'm like this, but like I, for for this game in specific, for this game in particular, I felt like. I, I lost years off my life. You know what I mean? And I know Cowboys fans feel the same way. This one, I, I had, tw- you know, people coming at me at Twitter, at Dave Sturgio, you know, like it's it's actually listed right below. Um, but they were coming at me like, dude, my legs hurt. Like the, the, this game took a lot out of us, Cowboys Nation. And it's because we went into this game obviously feeling ourselves. And I think we felt that we should go into New England and take care of business. Yes. Ultimately, did we? Yes, we won the game. But Bill Belichick was ready. You know, he is a legendary coach for this reason. He always gets ready for these types of games. Now, what I could say good about the Patriots, last week we were joined by Chris Price from uh, the the Boston Globe. Great dude, had a great interview, great response. And I want to thank everybody for downloading that podcast as it was our highest downloaded podcast since I've started this thing about 12 weeks ago. Uh, So would that be three months ago now? Um, Or maybe a little less. But anyway, 
So the Dallas Cowboys obviously went into that game feeling themselves a little bit, and you felt that in the first quarter. You know, the, the, the Patriots took the ball and they did whatever they wanted with it. They they literally ran it down our throats. They passed it down our throats. They were doing whatever they felt fit, and it was working. It was getting everybody worked up. You know, the offense for the Cowboys had to respond every time, um, in which, again, there was, there was questionable moves by this coaching staff, and I and I say Mike McCarthy in particular because Kellen Moore, as much as I've been on him, I do get on him for the cute plays, and I do get on him for the ones that you know drive you nuts. Like we just gained 16 yards, so why is the next play a reverse, you know, or a, a bubble screen or something that never works? Um, I know he tries to throw these wrinkles in, and and sometimes like the Zeke, you know, option pitch out against the Giants or the the dump off. I mean, that was perfect. Like you can't draw up a better play. Sometimes I think that you know they get in their own way. And I think Kellen Moore has a problem with being, you know, just sticking with what works at all times. I know they're exposing the, you know, the the downfalls of these defenses or, quote, taking what the defense is giving you. And that's exactly what they're doing. And that's why they're successful right now. But I will say Mike McCarthy kicking a field goal or trying to kick a field goal in a certain situation. And obviously Greg Zerline missing it. You, if you, even if he makes that field goal, you feel like that wasn't the right decision. You feel like, you know, they were going in the wrong direction as far as momentum was concerned. You didn't like it. I didn't like it. But again, I'm not here to fault the the coaching staff completely, but there's a lot of there's a lot of Packers fans in my life. You know, I I run a business with Chris Gucci, who hosts the Packers Pulse podcast, which is all about the Packers and hasn't been even released yet, but he's getting there. Uh, but he's a big Packer guy. And and you know, I have other friends, my buddy Joe, like these guys sat through the McCarthy years. And they warned me about this kind of stuff. They warned me about time management. They warned me about him having the inability to call a timeout at the right time or know what to do with him as if he's getting this, you know, this deck of cards put in your face. And he's like, well, what do I, what do I do with these? You know what I mean? And, and it's, it's nervous. It's nervous. It's, it's nerve wracking because like you, you just don't know when the next bad blunder is going to come. And look, despite all that, despite all that, the Dallas Cowboys are five and one, right? So that, that makes you think that like, all right, even if McCarthy has all these blunders, they could still win games because of the talent they have on the field. That leads me to believe everything that these Packers fans have been telling me about. You know, the fact that Aaron Rodgers only has one Super Bowl, isn't that kind of like mind-numbing how good this guy is and how good he's been his entire career, but McCarthy could only get there once and win it once? That's alarming, you know, and, and – and I don't know what they're going to do. I mean, Tony Romo said on the broadcast 15 times at least um, that that Kellen Moore would not be here next year because he's going to get a head coaching offer somewhere and he's a smart and he's a genius and this, that, and the third. That's worrisome to me because then if you lose Kellen Moore, all of this gets retracted back to Mike McCarthy to call the plays. I don't know how I feel about that, you know, considering the fact that, you know, McCarthy-led offenses – only got so far, you know, and I know that we're all searching for that pivotal get to the NFC championship game because we haven't been there since 95 in which I think we beat the Packers, uh, to be honest with you. Um, if not, yeah, I was, was that the Chris Bono game? I don't know. I don't remember. Uh, it's been so long, you know, it's, it's been almost like two lifetimes since the Dallas Cowboys have even got that far, but it makes you worry. And there's a couple times in this Patriots game that makes you worry. It makes you Question if this guy has the ability to make the right decision coaching-wise, uh, or is he just analytically driven, which didn't make any sense because at the end of the game, when they did kick, or or that point when they did kick the field goal, you're wondering, well, wait, you went for it on your own 30 or something like that. You know, like you, you've made these weird decisions 
what goes into this one? What goes into this kicking opportunity now in which the weather's not ideal or at least the field situation was an ideal and you know the the kick was low it was just a bad bad execution and that all started from the play call you know so you worry about that kind of stuff uh what you don't worry about is how your offense is clicking right now and obviously the walk-off home run was great I always say home run because it just feels like that but the walk-off touchdown from CD Lamb in overtime was great the reaction was great the waving by was great that, that was all well and good and I'm but listen when I saw it I got excited because I know Mills the, the the cornerback there he's stunk since he's been in Philly so the fact that we just beat the piss out of him again was great um so we, we're very familiar with that bum and the way I see this playing out as a win is great but of course on that last throw that Dak makes, he comes down funny on his calf, right? This is the same calf that leads to the ankle, blah, 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 that we just had reconstructed and we had to go through all this crap. And it's just like, okay, now what? Well, you know, MRIs have come back. Okay. Um, rest is obviously the best thing for him right now. And the bye week is coming at the very best time. I'm not in favor of this early bye week with a 17-game season, but listen, it just so happened to land on a day that we needed it more than ever because, or, or a week that we needed it more than ever getting our guys back. Lyle Collins is coming back. Michael Gallup is scheduled to come back on Halloween against the Vikings. Like we're getting our team healthy for that next run. So if, if Dak has to take a couple of days off to rest, recover, rehab, whatever he's got to do to get that calf, right, do it. Is it worrisome? Sure. It is. Sure. Is he going to be able to run on his first day back? Probably not. You know what I mean? So you have to, you have to take all these, these situations with with a little bit of a grain and, and just kind of be optimistic as possible. Um, but the Dallas Cowboys offense is rolling. Their defense. Now, I will say, Trayvon Diggs, man, come on. Like, this guy is setting records. This guy just tied the record for most interceptions to start a season, seven games in a row. He ties guys like Tom Landry, who played for the Giants before he was the legendary Cowboys coach. Like, this kid is the truth. He is real. He is uh, as, as good of a player as you're going to get. Now, I know a lot of Cowboys fans see the chunk yardage that he's giving up. This is a bend but don't break defense. I'm not concerned about the numbers, the stats, the, the yardage that these Cowboys give up. I'm really not. I used to be. I used to be on like, I can't believe they gave up another 350 to this bum or, or another 400 to this guy. As long as they're not giving up these touchdowns, then I'm all for it. As long as they're getting pressure on the quarterback, I'm all for it. Randy Gregory channels his inner Goldberg. He absolutely destroyed Mac Jones last week. Absolutely ripped him in half, okay? That's the kind of stuff that we need on defense, okay? We need those kinds of plays to prevent the bigger plays. The play that happened after the pick six is, is simply put, I firmly believe, and, and, and Trayvon Diggs has alluded to this and says, you know, you can't give up that big play. Of course you can't. Of course you can't. But the way I saw that play is you had the safety help. You had Trayvon Diggs. They're coming in and about to meet, right? If they would have met, they would have killed Kendrick Bourne. And in the NFL now, the landscape of the NFL is different. You can't just necessarily do the kill shot anymore to knock a ball loose. So I feel like both of them kind of pulled up at the same time. Kendrick Bourne, the ball is perfectly placed by Mac Jones, catches it, and he's gone. He's gone. There's nothing else you can do about that. There's literally nothing else you could do about that play because I think that the NFL players are now taught to obviously get the clean hit, but don't hit him in the head. Don't hit him too low. Don't hit him too hot. There's so many things that go into that speed of play where it's about to happen. But man, oh man, like you, you really, you can't necessarily uh, 
get bothered by that particular play. Yes, would it did it almost cost us the game? Sure it did, you know, but when you're a Dallas Cowboy fan this year in particular and you know Dak Prescott has the time on the clock, you're starting to get a little confident. I'm starting to get a little confident knowing that like okay, there's time, we have timeouts. Dak's going to do this. And I don't know if the Cowboys necessarily playing for a field goal, you know, and they were and they kicked the field goal, but even in overtime, like I don't know since they didn't get the ball first and they made a stop and they got the ball, a field goal would have won it. Now, I think a field goal was the play for Mike McCarthy. Get in range, let Greg kick it. And Dak Prescott said, that, that's cool, fam, but I'm going to do this instead. And that's when he you know, threw the ball at CeeDee Lamb and CeeDee took it to the house. But the, the defense, I'm not worried about it because the big plays are going to happen. It is the NFL. They have skill over there in New England. It's not like they're completely complacent and have nothing going on. Mac Jones is showing week by week that he's getting better. We just caught him on his not the greatest day, but not the worst day. We caught him right in the middle, which is perfect. You know, you catch Daniel Jones on a day like that when we knocked the snot out of him, literally. You know, these guys, they have promise. They have talent. It's just that they didn't execute against the Dallas Cowboys. And that's what you want. That's what you ultimately want. A win is a win. We get the fifth. We go to the bye. Now, what I'm going to do today is I'm going to give my second half game-by-game prediction uh, of what this Dallas Cowboy team can do. Now, a lot of people have already reached out to me and said, man, look at that schedule. Like, boy, oh, boy. Like, is that like, – this Cowboys team has the potential to win a lot of football games. And I had, I happen to agree. I happen to agree. So let's take a break. Let's, uh, let's reset. And when we get back, I'm going to go game-by-game. All right, the Cowboys have 11 games left. They are 5-1. and one. How far can this Cowboys team go? We'll find out after the break. What's going on, guys? This is Sturch, and I got a question for you. Have you ever dreamt about flipping a house or buying an investment property? I know I have. There's a reason why house flipping is out of reach for most people, and that's because of a lack of information. Flipping made easy is for people like you who feel drawn to the world of house flipping, but they don't have a clue as to where to start. Check out FlippingMadeEasy.com. Here, you'll find comprehensive and easy-to-understand information about every stage of the house flipping process. You'll receive access to millions of houses ripe with flipping potential. Hundreds of expert guidance explained through research articles and easy-to-understand video content. And thousands of vendors for all of your house flipping needs. Subscribe to FlippingMadeEasy.com and become part of the flipping community. Right now, if you use the promo code CHOP, you'll receive a free t-shirt and a 30-day, that's right, 30-day money-back guarantee. That's FlippingMadeEasy.com. All right, so the Cowboys are on their bye. Five and one is the record. They have a three-game stranglehold on the NFC East. The rest of the NFC East consists of the Washington football team and the Eagles at two and four, and of course, the New York Giants at one and five. I don't foresee any competition in the NFC East. I just don't. There's flashes of good from the Eagles. There's flashes of okay from the Washington football team. And the Giants are in a little bit of disarray where their coach is just seems to be, I don't know, he just doesn't seem to have them playing to their potential. There are, There is, believe it or not, there is potential for this New York Giants team. It's just that Joe Judge is just, I don't know, man. And I can't speak for Giants fans. Maybe they like him. I know I don't. I, I think he's too drill sergeant-y, trying to be Belichick, just trying to be somebody he's not. And it's just not, it's not a good, it's not a good mix. But this isn't a Giants podcast. This is a Dallas Cowboys podcast. The Dallas Cowboys now have 11 games left. They played six. Okay. They've played a lot of clo- a couple close ones. They've blown the doors off of teams like the Eagles, the Panthers, other than a couple garbage yards, you know, uh, garbage touchdowns at the end. They've beaten good teams, okay? They played the Chargers. They beat them. They went toe-to-toe with the champs. 
They played very well against the Bucs. So now when you look at this schedule coming up for the rest of the year, home and away, all these other games that, you know, that, that looked a little defeating when the season started, start to turn a little bit. And I think there's a little bit of a turn here for the Dallas Cowboys. I really do. Because, look, they come back after the bye and go on the road against Minnesota. Minnesota, with Dalvin Cook or not, they look a little out of sorts. Now, did they just beat the Panthers in overtime last week? Yes, they did. And they're playing good on offense. I don't believe in the Minnesota defense. So if you give me Dak Prescott versus Kirk Cousins in a shootout, I'm taking Dak nine times out of ten, maybe ten times out of ten. Okay? So I think the Cowboys get that done. Right? So let's give the Dallas Cowboys a win against the Minnesota Vikings. Then come the Broncos, who are the biggest frauds in the NFL, okay? We've watched them go 3-0, and people are like, whoa, I can't believe the Broncos are 3-0. But then you start to look about who they beat and how are they doing it and what was the record, the combined record that the teams they beat. They finally got off their high horse and got blasted for the last three weeks. And Teddy Bridgewater, not playing very well. Their defense, not playing very well. Their offensive line, depleted. So I think the Cowboys can go home and win that game too. I really do. So then after that, a little bit of a revenge game here. Now, I know we beat the Falcons last year because of the watermelon kick and Greg Zerline and this, that, and the third. It was great. The greatest game we've ever watched, blah, blah, blah. The Dallas Cowboys now have taken Dan Quinn away from the Atlanta Falcons. They've taken Keon O'Neal away from the Atlanta Falcons. Okay. They've taken other guys away from the Atlanta Falcons. The Dallas Cowboys, this is a little bit of a revenge game because the Falcons straight up fired Dan Quinn. They made Dan Quinn available. Dan Quinn's going to bring everything that he has to win this game and right that ship. I think they win three in a row and actually means eight in a row. Okay. The Dallas Cowboys could be eight and one heading into their showdown with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs. Now, if you're looking at the Kansas City Chiefs the way everybody else should be looking at the Kansas City Chiefs, they are not the world beaters. As I say, like I refer to Rocky Four a lot. They're not machines. They're men, okay? And their defense is shit. Their defense is not playing well at all, okay? So what I'm thinking is this. Patrick Mahomes will right the ship. He is too good of a quarterback to not play all world, all level. He is that good, okay? What we've seen out of him in the first six games is not the Patrick Mahomes we're going to see in a month from now. A month from now, we're going to see Patrick Mahomes do his thing. The shootout between Patrick Mahomes and Dak Prescott? I don't know. I would say that the Dallas Cowboys have the edge, but being that this game is in Kansas City, I think for whatever reason, we drop this one and the streak is over, okay? So we drop the game at Kansas City. That makes us 8-2 and two, heading into Thanksgiving. Anybody, anybody in their right mind would sign up for 8-2 and two heading into Thanksgiving to the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, a little history here as their new head coach, Rick Passaccia, comes back to Dallas for the first time since he's been straight up fired, you know, released, not, not welcomed back to Dallas. There will be some big plays made by Derek Carr and Henry Ruggs, and I know that for a fact, but I do know the Dallas Cowboys at home this year have played their best football, which is great to see because sometimes teams struggle at home. The New England Patriots haven't won a game at home yet, and that's four or six weeks in. So that is a big factor here in which I think the Dallas Cowboys finally write the Thanksgiving ship. I feel like it's been a long time since I was able to sit around a Thanksgiving dinner table happy. You know, it's, it's either been the Bills, or the Washington football team, or whoever has been taking care of business against the Dallas Cowboys. I think they finally get back to what they got to do, and they, they, they get back on the winning side of things. Then they go to New Orleans. Now, New Orleans is one of those – Jekyll and high team. So it's a matter of when we catch New Orleans. I think Jameis Winston is in over his head a lot of the times. 
and I think he's going to be in and over his head when he has Trayvon Diggs there. At this point of the season, I don't know if they have Michael Thomas back, but as far as their other receivers go, nobody scares me. Not on the Saints. Alvin Kamara always scares me. He's one of the best players in football, so I think that that is a thing uh, to worry about. However, again, on the road, I think this is the game that the Cowboys could trip up a little bit, but they won't. They won't. Not this game. I think they take care of business in New Orleans, in that loud-ass dome. I think they get the win there. Now, two out of the next three games are against the Washington football team. The first one's on the road, but we're finding out that when this schedule came out, right, and Ryan Fitzpatrick is the quarterback listed, and they have you know Gibson as their running back, Scary Terry as their receiver, the Washington defense is going to be so, so good. They're, they're, not, they're not a good football team. This team is in disarray absolute disarray in which I thought was going to be a split. I think the Dallas Cowboys take two out of two against the Washington football team. They're not good at football. I like the Cowboys here. And then a game that I'll personally be at, I'll be at the Giants-Dallas game. I always go every year. This is another, just another example of me tormenting my fellow Giant fan friends, but I will be there in, in attendance. And I, I hope to see some of my friends there, at least if I have any friends left at that point. But I think the Cowboys take care of business again, and they beat up on the Giants. And then the Washington football team give them another win. Now, this is insane if you think about it, okay? There's two games left. The Cowboys have only lost two on my, my record book, okay? So that's a 15-game season so far. They've lost two games. So that has them at 13-2 and two right now, okay? This is their next loss. Um, they go home to play the Cardinals. Now, the Cardinals are going to give them fits. I think that the you know as this season goes along, the Cardinals will probably get banged up a little bit, especially on the defensive side of the ball. You know, we've seen too much good out of JJ Watt for him not to th- not to us to think that he might be hurt uh, down the line. Not rooting for that at all by any stretch. I just know that tendencies his body will break down a little bit, and that defense might not play as good. But I think Kyler Murray, there's going to be a little bit of a chip. He said the Cowboys were ass in the preseason, okay? Like, they said that's why he didn't root for the Cowboys, but then it was proven that he had a Cowboys jersey on in the crowd. It was just a mess. I think there's going to be a chip on the shoulder for the Cowboys, but I think they trip up here at home, giving them their first home loss of the season and then a win at Philly to close the year. So, with that, that puts the Dallas Cowboys at 14-3, and Okay. I know that sounds absolutely ridiculous when you think about it, but if you look at the teams on the schedule, now that's the best I think they can do, right? So at worst, if they trip up twice in that run, right? Twice, that still puts the Dallas Cowboys at 12 and five. In reality, that's an 11 and five team or a 12 and four team, considering they got the extra game. That's insane to me to go from six and 10 to basically bombarding your division. You're going to win that division by four or five games. I truly believe that. And I said that. Before the season started, I said, none of those other teams are going to run with these guys. None of them. And they haven't. What seed does that get the Dallas Cowboys? That's that's something I'm not going to touch on yet because I don't know how L.A. and Arizona are going to hold up. I don't know if Tom Brady's body breaks down, and I don't know if Aaron Rodgers is going to own everybody else. We don't know any of this stuff, so it's hard to determine who's who. The NFC is stacked, but the Dallas Cowboys have themselves a very, very favorable schedule. That's where I'm going to leave it today. We're going into the bye week. I'm going to get some guests for next week to line up, kind of give everybody, you know, a, a chance to reset. We'll take in week seven, see how the NFC East does. We'll see where the Cowboys stand. They might gain a game and not even have to play or gain a half a game and not have to play. Okay. That that's a very good possibility. All right. So I want to thank you guys for watching this. 
I want to thank you guys for sticking by me uh, and, of course, downloading and subscribing to this podcast. I want to thank you guys for, of course, supporting Chop Sports and everything that we're trying to do here uh, as a business. Uh, it means a lot to me. We're, we're really grinding every day, day in and day out. I, I personally don't sleep. I got a lot going on, and, and I really do try to put in my best effort, my best foot forward every day. So for you guys to keep rooting me on and keep supporting and watching and downloading, it means the absolute world to me. So. For me, Dave Sturgio, this has been another episode of All About the Star. I have so many podcasts, I almost screwed that up. All About the Star right here on the Chop Sports Podcast Network. We will see you guys.